Welcome to another episode of the Two Penny Podcast, where grit, wisdom, and passion collide. A transmission for entrepreneurs. Mike Falco, David Kim, back in the building. What's poppin'? How are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's been a minute since we've been here in the podcast zone. Yeah. What have you been working on in the meantime? I know you got some things that you've been... Yes. Yes. I've been I've been out there trying to um you know put my best foot forward every day okay, as an entrepreneur, you know. Um the little ones are growing up fast. It's incredible to watch how children develop. It's just like exponential growth on all these different levels. But yeah, you know, expanding things in Fort Collins and looking to acquire another business that fits into the portfolio in Fort Collins, place that has a great cash flow, a great following, and a great owner, and um, you know, just needs some help in some of the on the finance side and the marketing side and tightening up operations to get another, you know, 10, 15 years out of that thing and mm-hmm. Pickle Barrel's doing great. Damn good tacos, Butterfly Cafe. All the things are kind of just cruising along. So, awesome. yeah, school is in session out there, and you can feel it. It's yeah. popping. In, in Fort Collins right now, it's popping. You know. And for someone like you who's got multiple businesses just, like, literally right next to the college, you can really feel that school bump. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you... You, uh, you feel it and you have to be prepared for it so that you can capture the business in the right way so that the, the kids, when they check you out, they come back Mm -hmm. again, you Mm -hmm. know, and you, if you do a good job that first, second time, then in some instances you might have, um, a customer for four years. Mm -hmm. So it is a pretty critical time now to be on point and to have your stuff dialed in and to be expecting to be busy and know how to handle that that wave and that bump. So let me ask you, before we dive into our primary topic here, do you feel like you're targeting specifically to, uh, how, how well do you feel like you're targeting to this next generation? Or do you feel like as long as you get the students in through the door, a taco shop, a good taco shop is going to be a good taco shop, a good cafe is going to be a good cafe, it doesn't need all this crazy technological stuff or social media that's completely oriented toward them? It's a good question. So you have to update your business model with the times 100%. Mm -hmm. So we have absolutely gone through a transition in all those businesses of being able to order online, making sure that our uh, socials are up to date and engaging and have the ability for somebody that's interested to click, 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 that gets them to the order now. And now all of a sudden uh, a burrito is on the way to their dorm room or to their office with a few clicks, decreasing the friction and giving the customer the most streamlined uh, like path towards getting your thing however they they want to get it so back in the day people would go drive over park walk in order something pay with cash get change throw the nickels in the tip jar you know maybe leave a review maybe not now they 
are scrolling through their Instagram, they see your photo, your ad, they click on it, it sends them to the website, and then they order something that's going to be delivered by DoorDash from your website. <laughs> and instead of paying $8 at the shop for the burrito, they pay 15 so that they don't have to get off the couch. So certain businesses that haven't adapted to capturing those people that like to engage in commerce that way, mm -hmm. they are being left behind and they are their sales are decreasing and those sales, it's almost a zero sum game mm -hmm. at a certain rate. Like those sales are going to other establishments that have the streamlined processes and the tech upgrades mm -hmm. for that younger generation. So you have to absolutely upgrade your business model, but there's still the blocking and tackling of if you have flavorful food and it comes out fast and somebody gave it to you with a smile and it tasted good and it wasn't super expensive, you're good to go. You're good to go. It's, it's always going to come it's down food. to that. Yeah. It's food. Yeah. Like you're going to eat something today. Mm -hmm. Is it going to be pizza, mm -hmm. a sandwich, tacos, mm -hmm. a muffin, you know? Yeah. But you're going to do it. You know, I would have some comments about that just because of a lot of these ghost kitchen models but i think as that demographic ages the face-to-face -face contact will again be at the core of interactions um ghost kitchens are great and as far as barrier to entry to get in your stuff into the marketplace it's great and i think that they're a sign of the times mm-hmm I don't think, though, that in our lifetime, we will ever see 100% ghost kitchens, 100% robotic food service. I just don't think that you'll see it. I think that how a place makes you feel on top of what you get is still a part of the human condition, mm -hmm. and it's a it's ingrained in us so deeply we can't undo thousands of years I mean, we're talking about going back to the bazaar and buying a loaf of bread from the guy that you liked. Yeah, right. Everybody had the bread. Right. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. bought from the guy that you liked. Mm -hmm. Like, this is ingrained so deep in our DNA. I don't think that we can do that in one generation of technological advancement. Mm -hmm. Like, people want that, you know? Mm -hmm. Just the bottom line. Yeah. I mean, no matter what the times are, we're human. doesn't matter if you're in 2023 or... 023 you're going to be a human you're still a human and and most of the things are still very basic and simple which is what i love about the restaurant business Agreed. it's you can overcomplicate it for sure but mm -hmm. if you run a good little hole in the wall joint with a good staff a good product and you're able to keep your prices reasonable you can pass those that's the reason to have the hole in the wall you can pass those savings back to your customer because if you can keep your overhead tight then your customer can benefit from that and you can provide a meal at an economical rate whereas if you are running a large joint with a lot of staff and it's you have a lot of overhead you have to charge $18 for a sandwich mm -hmm. you know we just saw a place that right 
Yeah, I live across the street from a place that does right. that. Right. <laughs> big big place, a lot of staff, a lot of overhead. Everything's going up, um, including electricity, water, utilities. Every single cost in your business has increased in the last two years. Um, in some rates, double. Oh, yeah. So in some rates, double. So to maintain a small tight operation you actually can create a competitive advantage because you're still functioning at a high level for last year's prices yeah staying ahead of the curve trying to yeah trying to you know i think that you know the curve is changing and it's it's constantly you know, what's thinking what's next, but the tried and true principles are timeless. Yeah. I mean, you're always selling to another human being. Exactly. So robots don't eat food. (laughs) That's just a fact. That is just a fact. So timeless. So, you know, today I appreciate that. I wanted to talk about time today. Time. Time. I am so fascinated with the concept of time. And how you spend time, invest time, and protect your time, how you look at time, it's so critical as an entrepreneur to be aware of time as an asset. Or have you turned it into a liability? So your mindset um, and the way that you approach time and your perspective on time itself will build, start to build a foundation um, for your success or failure as an entrepreneur. I'll give you an example. Time. Can you wake up at 4 a.m.? Okay, take 100 people that just heard the word 4 a.m. How many people just got uncomfortable with that idea. How many people were like, yeah, okay, tell me more, 4 a.m., I'm not scared. What's going on at 4 a.m.? Well, let me tell you how to leverage time at 4 a.m. At 4 a.m. in the morning, at that particular time of day, it's very quiet. It's a great time to read for an hour with your coffee and develop your mind and educate yourself on maybe an area of weakness or maybe an area of strength that you're looking to improve on. Mm -hmm. Leveraging that time that you would otherwise be sleeping. So if you're sleeping at 4 a.m., are you wasting time? Are you investing in that time? Maybe you're spending it wisely because you need eight hours of sleep in order to function and you know that about yourself. But if you're one of those people, full disclaimer, I am one of those people that only needs about four to six hours of sleep a night. I've always been that way my whole life. Recognize that in yourself and understand, huh, maybe I can carve out a little bit of time with a capital T here in the wee hours of the morning, pre-dawn, to be able to stay on track and read one book a month, read two books a month, be able to write in my journal, be able to do the thing that then is going to enable me to see the world in a little bit sharper view, to be able to 
capitalize on opportunities that might be right under my nose, but because I haven't educated myself, I can't see them. You're leveraging time in that instance to sharpen your focus and to become a better version of yourself. Time comes back to time. In a 24-hour period, you've got 1,440 minutes. How do you spend and invest those minutes? Critically important. It's not talked about enough, honestly, I don't think. In this game, everybody talks about money and connections and this Mm -hmm. and that and blah, blah, blah. It's like, how, how do you... How do you break down time? How do you use it to your advantage? Because it's the one thing that we all have, we're all like, we have the same amount of today. It's like the great equalizer, right? Yeah, exactly. 24 hours in a day. That's it. All of us. Richest guy, poorest guy. How did you spend it? Mm -hmm. What did you do? Yeah. I like where you're coming from with that. I remember when I read uh, Arnold's autobiography, uh, someone, someone in his class was talking about not having enough time and he'd work out twice a day and he'd do acting classes at night and he slept sometimes three hours a day, sometimes six hours a day. Six was his max, but he'd go the entire day. He'd work out. He'd go do contracting stuff, work out again, and then night class. And he would tell other people, you just, you just need to put more time in your day by not sleeping. Now, what I would say to that is you have to be in a certain rhythm to be able to use that effectively. I think in my own personal experience, there are times where I've been, I could feel my body, you know, what I do throughout the day, what I'm engaged with, who I'm hanging out with sometimes, and the stressors, the lack thereof, and where, where my mind is focused, and how I could go from a day-to-day and go 12 to 5.30, I did that for a stint. And I was like, this is great. And it, a lot of it depended on how my physiology was feeling, if I worked out, so on and so forth. But I noticed for me personally, and I, I want to share this because there are a lot of factors to get you more efficient in the time that you use, right? Because one person could have 20 hours and use it like crap, right? It's, it's, someone who's just playing video games for 20 hours a day, it doesn't matter. You might as well just sleep 12 hours and then get an efficient 12 hours of being awake and doing something. But I noticed that the cleaner I eat and the more I exercise, the less sleep that I need because I'm able to recover faster. And where I'm doing a lot of cerebral work right now, I might need a nap in the afternoon and it just feels good and I get right back into an efficient um, use of time where you can click right in and I go, oh yeah, I'm quote unquote efficient, whatever that means, but I'm focused. I'm able to do the work. I'm able to feel good about it. And I would, I would ask the listener to understand what allows him to carve out more time, but also carve out more time efficiently because it's important to understand where you're coming from in terms of, okay, well now you got an extra two hours, but did you read? Or did you just end up scrolling for an hour and now you can tell your friends that you worked, that you woke up at four? It's like, let's shift how you use your current time and then add more time to that because then you could argue you doubled your efficiency or geometrically, you know, adjusted, you know, how you work on a day-to-day basis. 100%. And there's a compounding effect to that. Yes. That's the 
beautiful thing about time is that embedded in time is a compounding effect to how it builds on itself at an exponential geometric rate, mm-hmm. right? So it becomes very discouraging because you create this expectation or people can create an expectation of, man, I'm putting all this time in and I'm not getting a result. So then they stop putting the time in. That's mm-hmm. not how this works. You put the time in ad infinitum and your breakthrough happens and all that time that you spent has now just compounded yeah. the effect. Exactly. Right? So that's what I, why I, I'm so fascinated with it. Because if I could show the listener right now the arc of time, right? Mm-hmm. So if time functions not in a straight line but in an arc, then you can't. It's like you're looking at a mountain. You can't see on the other side of the mountain, you only see the peak. Well, along your way to the top of the mountain, you're going to hit troubles and tribulations and all types of obstacles. But in time, in the future, if you continue on that path, you'll be on the other side. And being able to see the green pastures that exist on the other side um, and have faith that they are there. It puts you in this relationship to time where you can use time as an ally and use time to your advantage. And you're not always fighting yourself because you're like, well, Mike, hey, man, I've been waking up at 4 a.m. for two months straight, and I've read a few books, and things just aren't happening, man. So I'm, I'm going to sleep until 8 again because mm-hmm. getting up at 4 a.m., I really don't enjoy doing it, and I'm not getting that result that you – you're one conversation away, one day away. You don't even know. <laughs> right. You're right. right there. You're just – you've walked – 78% up this mountain, and if you keep walking, you're about to drop over into the green valley, but you stop, and you turn around and whack, walk back down the mountain to where you're sleeping 10 hours a day, and you're, you're doing mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. wasting time, yeah. you know? It's okay, but just understand that the people at the top of the game in the entrepreneur world where everything people are taking radical responsibility for them, their circumstances. They break through when they start to get into this love affair with time and using it in a way that's like almost like a drug. You're like, oh my God, I have the opportunity today to be up early and working on myself. I have the opportunity today to go say yes to this and use this time to be there, Mm -hmm. meet this person, Mm -hmm. and be in action for 12, 15 hours a day and be focused on what you want to do. If you're looking at time from a, well, I've got to stop right now. I got to eat lunch. Mm -hmm. I got to stop. That's an hour. And you lose all that momentum, whatever momentum you had. I got to stop right now. I got to have a snack. I got to stop right now. I got to have dinner. I got to stop right now. I got to take a break. I have to take a 30-minute break. I've been working for four <laughs> hours straight, and the state of California said I have to take a break. 
Are you kidding me? Time? You got to take a break right now? Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Or maybe you do. But mandating it, right? Yeah. Builds then that psychology of this, um, you're fighting with time. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? And that's a slippery slope. It is because how can you get anything if you can't build momentum and leverage time in this exponential way? How can you ever have these huge quantum breakthroughs that we've talked about on this podcast, mm-hmm. right? It's like it is working the 12, 15 hours a day in something that you really enjoy and leveraging time that way that takes you from A to D, D to mm-hmm. H. You're skipping levels, right? Mm-hmm. If you need to wake up, eat breakfast, have to, then go to work nine to five, then make sure that you go to sleep and you sleep eight hours. Eight hours, that's a third of your life. A third of your life, man. 33% of the day, that's eight hours. Mm-hmm. That's For me, that's when I started to look almost from a conspiracy theorist perspective. I'm like, <laughs> it seems, again, Everybody has to figure out what's right for them. If you mm-hmm. if you have to sleep eight hours a day, that's fine. For me, I had to finally realize I'm like I don't. I'm I'd be waking up right at like four a.m. with energy, and I'd look at the clock and be like, oh, and go bit, roll back over to like mm-hmm. seven because that was the way that I was like uh, that you're trained to function in the day with time. It's like mm-hmm. four a.m. No, don't get mm-hmm. up. Why would the, you the get up? The programming is deep. The programming. Mm-hmm. It's conditioning, just like you would train your dog. I mean, think about how you do that and then how it you know, reflects back onto us. Now, on that effort, I saw this chart the other day about a year's worth of time projected onto a graph chart, mm. X and Y. And um, X was time, so one year, and Y was effort put in. And I forget the specifics of the equation, but basically... You would multiply the effort, and one was basic effort, and it showed the two lines across the year where the effort was 0.99 for one, and for the other line, it was 1.01. So 0.1 over and 0.1 under, but the trajectory over the year relative to time and effort was exponential literally exponential if you went 0.99 you were straight into the ground but if you just put 0.01 on the effort pool excuse me you just shot up over the year right that's how little that's that's the arc of one year what 0.01 will do for you whether you sink into the ground or go straight up exactly and it's like uh get that's like to put it differently, and I, I really appreciate you bringing that up, because to put it differently, did you get one percent worse today or one percent better today? Mm-hmm. What did you do today? What did you do today? Did you educate yourself and and did you work hard? Did you meet? What did you do today? How did you use time today? Mm-hmm. And if you're getting one percent or staying the same really and just essentially deter like depreciating over the year you know if you're staying stagnant if you're not growing you're dying right there's no in between mm-hmm. you might think that you're not but you are mm-hmm. 
if you get 1% better a day or a month or whatever it is, a week, 1% better a week, you know, so divide 1% by seven, whatever that ends up being, 0. 0.0 whatever a day, that self-improvement, it's exponential over mm-hmm. two years, three years. Mm-hmm. You're in, you're a different person. Mm-hmm. You're a different person. You, And that's really the bigger message that I wanted to get across on this podcast was you can leverage time and use time as an ally to rewire your brain, to become a different version of yourself mm-hmm. that can go out there and do the thing, you know, whatever your thing, whatever your dream is, yeah. you're not relegated to your position in life forever. You have in your control, the ability to use time and use your effort as you just described on that chart to put yourself in a position that is different from where you are right now. So use time, respect time, spend it wisely, invest it with intention and protect it because you, it's a finite resource and you only have so much of it today and you have the ability to do great things with it or not. As always, I'd like to remind everybody to stay hungry, stay humble, and stay focused here at the Two Penny. This has been another episode of the Two Penny Podcast where grit, passion, and wisdom collide a transmission for entrepreneurs. Peace. Peace.